Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for this time. And Lord, open up our hearts right now to receive your word. Your word is manna, it's bread, it's practical, it's daily. Your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts, produces life in us and changes us, grows us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know and prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You could be seated. Welcome to you who are watching as part of our virtual church. Don't forget to sign up for one of our share groups. And today I want to stir your hearts up. I want to stir all of our hearts up even more towards those who are perishing. That there are people who are weary, they're tired, they're desperate, they're broken, hurting. And God has made us strong so that we might be strength to people who are in need. That God has blessed us. God has given us answers. And people are in fear right now, lost. There's not a lot of safety. There's no safe place for the world to turn to right now. And yet you and I have been given a safe place. God's sanctuary, a place to rest, the dwelling place of God, that he might be a shield in our lives. It says this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 4 and verse 5, Then the Lord will provide shade for Mount Zion and all who assemble. Say assemble. That's what we're doing right now. We're assembling. This is the church he's talking about. He will provide a canopy of cloud during the day and smoke and flaming fire at night, covering the glorious land. And it will be a shelter from daytime heat and a hiding place from storms and rain, the safe place. People need safety right now, and they don't know where to turn. And our God is a shield and has given us a place of safety, a place of answers, a sanctuary, a place we can recharge, be reminded to keep loving, keep trying, keep going. Pastor Scott keeping us laughing the whole time that we're doing it. La, 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 la. <laughs> And so, we have an assignment to help others find this place that the Lord has shown us. There was a a story that's told uh, from the book of Mark in chapter 2. Four friends grabbed a friend who couldn't walk. The Bible says that they had heard Jesus had come into the house. And that's what we are at today. This is Jesus in the house. This was a picture of the church. And four friends, they carried their friend that day into the house. And there that friend would get his forgiveness. He would get eternal life. He would get his body healed. Everything transformed. And I don't know if those four friends realized that what they were doing would tell a story that would be retold and retold for 2,000 years so far. They were sowing into an eternal legacy. What God did for you The story that God has told in your life through you, he wants to retell as a moving legacy in your life. He wants to retell that same story through other people, that he might change them in the same way that he's touched you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, and here it goes. Jesus saw the multitudes 
right? He looked at the crowd. We could do that right now. We look at the crowd. And it says he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. And this word weary is they're exhausted. They were sapped of their strength and they were scattered. So there's some that are weary. They've never met Jesus. They don't know anything about eternal life. They don't know about forgiveness of sins and letting go of regrets and having the shackles fall off of addiction. They don't know about the healing power and the safety of our God. There are other people who are scattered. They just wandered away. They found the house. They found salvation, but then they got bitter. They got hurt. The things just fell. They just fell out. They were the scattered. And Jesus says this. It says, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Now, hold on. Who's the harvest? The weary and the scattered. And then he says this, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest, therefore, send out laborers into his harvest. When you become a... See, here's what a harvester does. Let me just show you this. A harvester goes out into the field, gathers up and binds up together the harvest, and then they carry that harvest back to the storehouse, back to the safe place. In the same way, this is what God's calling us to. Right? When, when Jesus finds a scattered sheep, somebody who wandered away, the Bible says he leaves the 99 and he goes and gets the one, but he carries the one back on his shoulders, rejoicing all the way to return him where? To the pasture. So God's end game was his answer for weary and scattered is to bring them back to pasture among the sheep and to give them a shepherd. That's his end game. The Bible says in the book of Acts that God added to the church, to the church daily, those who are being saved. He wants to place them in pasture with the others into that place of safety and rest to take away the weariness, the exhaustion to recharge them. How many know that when you came in here today, you will leave different than how you came in? Somebody say amen. You will have something new that you didn't have because of God. And in the fall of 1972, a woman named Joyce Kumba led another group of women on a five-day fast where they prayed and fasted for my mom and dad to find Jesus. They were all associated with something called Orfordville High School. Some of them were teachers, these women. Some of them were married to teachers. And they wanted some other born-again believers in that high school. And so they prayed, and they saw my mom and dad, and they're like, we need to pray and fast for them too. <laughs> they trouble. And so, <laughs> so they fasted and prayed for him. My mom tells the story that during that week, she was having dreams about eternity, that she was in a tough spot, that she was desperate. And some of her dreams were not good. And so she said to her best friend, I heard of this Bible study these women are having, and I think I'm going to go to it. And her best friend in the world told her, don't you go. Those people are crazy. But my mom said to me, I was talking to her this week. She was telling me the story. She said, I was so desperate. I didn't care. I went anyways. And she went and found out about the love of Jesus. And that night she asked Jesus into her heart, but the story wasn't finished yet. Then these women began to ask her, come to church with us this weekend. And my mom, she went to church that weekend, but she drugged my dad along, kicking and screaming, Pastor Tom, I don't want to go to no church. Well, you're coming anyways. Wouldn't you know it, that day, he was touched by God, and he walked the aisle and gave his life to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Now, a lot of things have happened since then. But what did these women do? They carried my mom. Their prayers were lifting her up. 
and preparing her. See, to carry someone is nothing more than encouraging them, to give them a hand down to where they are, to lift them up. And any one of us can give a little bit of hope and a little bit of encouragement to someone. Any one of us can pray for somebody. And without that, without that carrying, I don't know where we'd be, but I can tell you this, but because of the carrying, my mom's story became a testimony to Joyce Kumba. In other words, what God's story was in Joyce Kumba's life was retold through my mom's life. And then that story was retold again through my dad's life because what God did in my mom, God began to do in my dad what God began to do in Joyce Kumba. What did God begin to see? Because God told that story again when I received Jesus. He told that story again through me. Praise the Lord Jesus. He told that story again through my brother. Come on, somebody. And if God can change this kid, come on, somebody. Lord Jesus, a testament to the miracle working power of God. (laughs) What's he doing? He's creating a living legacy, a story being told again and again. And, and we can do this. There is this, this story. I'm going to tell the story right now. Joshua chapter 4. The Israelites are about to cross into the promised land. This is the big moment. They're crossing from the wilderness life into, across the Jordan River into the promises of God, the land flowing with milk and honey. This is pivotal. And it's a picture of us getting born again and receiving Christ for the first time. That's what the picture is. Because that Jordan River actually represents destroyer destruction. It is a river driving down to the Dead Sea. In other words, it's an oppressive thing that holds you down underwater. It's the world's philosophies. It's the world's beliefs. It's the world's destruction. It's Satan's destruction holding you down and driving you down towards death. That's what the world system is and what it does. It holds us down like a prisoner. And then here comes the Ark of the Covenant. They carry the the Israelites carry that Ark of the Covenant. They hit that water. And when they hit the water, the Bible says the water piled up all the way back to Adam. It stopped running all the way back to a place called Adam. That's a picture of sin, which was driving us down towards death. And it didn't just get cut off of your life. When you received Jesus, sin didn't just get cut off of your life. It got cut off of your life all the way back to your father, to your grandfather, to the generations before you, all the way back to the original sin of Adam, that that sin has no power over you anymore because Jesus paid the price in full. And then they walked into the promises of God, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is what God does in our life. And as as they're flowing through this story, God stops them and gives them a command that I want to read to you. And it says this in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 2. Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, just regular good dudes, not highly trained, not leaders. They're kind of nameless. One man from each tribe, very different. Every tribe was different. There was the tribe of the kings, the tribe of the priests, the tribe. These are all different tribes. Some people are just marketplace people. Some people are doctors. Some people are teachers. We're all different. Take for yourselves 12 stones. Each person goes and gets a stone. The stones, it says, take for yourself 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, which is the destruction. And from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Go and get us. The stone is people. The Bible talks about that we are each living stones. We re- that stone represents people because they're unique. No two stones alike. All different shapes, all different colors. 
And the Bible says that when they built an altar of stones, which were like that altar of stones being built together, that they weren't to touch it with a human hand or a tool. Make sure it's not marked by any tool. Why? Because God created you perfect, unique, exactly the way that you are. You're a living stone. And he says, I want you to reach down into that destruction, and I want you to scoop out a stone. And let's keep going on. Let's keep reading it. And you shall carry that stone over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you sleep tonight. Take that stone to the resting place with you, the sanctuary. Bring it into God's house. Bring it into your dwelling place, the place where the Spirit of the Lord dwells, right? What's he saying? He's saying, remember what God did for you and how he delivered you out of destruction and took you into the promised land? He said, now I want you to do something. I want you to go back to that place, and I want you to get another stone. I want you to help somebody else. I want you to lift them up out of that water, lift them up with prayer, lift them up with encouragement. Are you weary? Are you hurting? Are you desperate? Let me lift you up. Let me give you some encouragement. Let me pray for you. I'm praying. You don't even have to know I'm praying for you. I'm just praying for you. What am I doing? I'm lifting up a stone out of that destructive world, and I'm carrying you. Say carry. I'm carrying you. You see, I'm like Joshua today. Remember what God did for you? Do you remember? Has he changed your life? Has he touched you? Did he set you free? Has he healed you? Has he done something in your life? Has he moved you? Are you exactly as you were before you got born again? Or are you just a little bit different? Come on, somebody. Can somebody give the Lord some praise right now on how he found you, picked you up, and saved you? And I'm like Joshua right now. Remember that? Doom, 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 doom. Is he going to do the whole song? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go back to that place and grab a stone and carry it to the resting place. Each one of us carrying a stone. Give the Lord some praise right now. We can all do this. I had a really bad Wednesday last Wednesday. Ah, you don't care. No, I don't feel like you care. It was an awful day. I got up in the morning, I had a big day in front of me. I was like, I gotta prepare my message for the, I cleared my calendar because I had to prepare a message for today and I knew it was gonna be a big one. So I was like, okay, Lord. And they're all big ones, but there you go. And I was like, okay, I need this whole day. Okay, so my first thing off the bat, garage door breaks, won't go up or down. Yeah, no, you don't care, you don't care. <laughs> my car's in the shop because the brakes are shot. So I got no car, I'm stranded. And, and, and then, I, 51 phone calls that day. Can I just tell you? From 9 in the morning, I counted them for my wife. From 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, I had 51 phone calls. So it's just a really, and I'm like really trying to study, but then I was like, you know, I'm like a guy, and so I'm at the house, and, and guys, this is that what guys think sometimes. They're like, I better chlorinate the pool right now. I don't know why, but I was like, I, it's going to be hot. It's going to take me five minutes. I'm going. So I go out there to chlorinate the pool. Five minutes. That's how it's supposed to take. I get the shock. I go down to the pool. I open up the skimmer, but there's a couple of frogs swimming in my skimmer. And I was like, oh, they're cute. And I take them out and I put them out there. You have to remember, if you don't know this about me, I live in the sticks, like boonies. Like I live out there. You drive until there's a stop sign. That's where I live. And so I, I put the frogs over here and I look down in the skimmer. There's two more frogs. So I scoop up two more frogs. I throw them in there. And I look back. There's two more frogs. I was like, what's going on with the frogs? And I thought, maybe there's... They're stuck in the little entrance to the skimmer. You can't see it, but it's on the other side. So I went over to the other side of the pool, like here, and I just did waves to see if there were like 
frogs in the little entryway to the skimmer. And I mean, it was a tidal wave of frogs just filled the... I couldn't even see water. They were just swimming. They're like having a big old party or something. I don't know what they were doing. They were like, ooh. And so I start hour and a half in the baking... Listen to me. If you're watching online and you live somewhere where it's not a desert, 170 degrees that day. I was, I was just beating down on me in the sun, and, I don't, I, and I'm scooping frogs out for an hour and a half. That's how many frogs... There were so many frogs, I started to wonder if there's like a plague going on. Like, am I Pharaoh? I ran in the house. I began to search for Israelites. I'm like, hey, you guys can go. Nobody has to stay. And so my son picks me up, Christian, because I got no car. It's the chop. And we had, he had him run me around for a second. We come back to the house. The guy who's supposed to open the garage door is in my driveway. He's been waiting about five minutes. I was a little late. And I realized as we pull into the driveway, I can't get in the house. Garage door's broken. It won't go up or down. So the little keypad won't work. And my car keys, which has my house key on it, are with the car at the shop. And I looked at the house and I was like, and so Kelly had left. She'd left. I can't get in the house. I don't know. I looked at it, I was like, it's going to be hours before I can get in the house. There's the guy waiting. And I, I saw, I was just like, you know what? That's just today. That's just my day. So it's Wednesday. It's just a bad day. It's just what, it is what it is. And then Christian, my son, he, he goes like this. He goes, shing. He goes, dad, I have a key to your house. I said, you have a key to my house? He goes, yeah. The son always has a key to the father's house. And then I was reminded of Matthew in chapter 16. And it says this, Jesus said to Peter, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is, G- this is Peter's born again moment. Peter has just said of Jesus, he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter just had his born again moment. And, and Jesus does what? He changes his name, gives him a new name, gives him a destiny and a purpose. This is what Jesus is doing in your life and gives him keys to the kingdom of heaven. Not just key. I'm not giving you a key. I'm giving you keys. Why multiple keys? Because we have keys so that we can open the door for others. We can give those keys to other people. We have an assignment to to bring people to the house of God, to to the entryway to the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the door. He's the way. But we hold the key. You can get out your key right now. Where's your key at? Get your key. Me and Kelly, Pastor Kelly, bought you these keys. These are from us, for reals. And uh, you can put this on your keychain, and it's a reminder that I have the keys. There, you have keys to help somebody in their marriage. You have keys to help somebody who's dying of an addiction. You have keys to bring somebody hope. We all have these keys. We know we have a story that we can tell, right? So I'm going to go use my keys right now. Okay, so can I just tell you something? I, can I show you something amazing? I want to show you something amazing. You want to see something amazing? It's incredible. Okay, come here. You have to come with me. No, this, you guys are going to love this. This is insane. Yeah, yeah, go, come this way. Okay, so behind this is your answer. It's locked, but it's okay. I have a key. Oh, there we go. Now go on in here. And see, inside of here is the promises of God. Can you show them the promises of God? Yeah. So the promises of God today are represented by the crumble cookie. Now, normally you wouldn't let somebody back out of the kingdom of God. You want to keep them in there. But in this case, you can go back to your... Give it up for Tony. Come on. No, keep the cookies. No, you never give up your promises. Yeah, yeah, you hold on to those with both hands. 
And the crumble cookie really does represent the milk and honey of God, right? Yeah, except for the other day they put uh, coconut on one of their cookies. And they were almost just dead to me because coconut is an abomination as a food. You know what I mean? Like they, they really defiled the cookie in that moment. Because, no, hear me out. Now, coconut in and of itself isn't that bad, but anything you add coconut to gets a little worse. You know what I mean? It doesn't get better. It gets worse. Right? Remember the hostess tweet? No, don't get mad at me. So look, God took the coconut and he put it up out of reach of the children. If you think about it. He's like, no, no, strawberries are on the ground. That's fine. You can have plenty of those. But listen, when it comes to the coconut, I'm going to put it on a remote desert island up a hundred foot tree with no branches because I don't want you eating this. But we still go and eat it and we defile that. Do you remember the Twinkie that had coconut on it? Do you guys remember this? The snowball Twinkie? Nobody wanted that Twinkie. No, you didn't want it. It was the worst one. The guy who, no, it was, it was the beginning of demise of hostess, if you think about it. It was the beginning of the end. That man that invented that snowball Twinkie, he was actually fired and banned from the food industry forever. He became a country music artist. It's true. Because country music, if it were a food, it would be coconut. <laughs> That's all it took to have you turn on me, really? I'm teasing. But the keys have been given to us. And we do this sometimes. We, 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 we go like, we, we go, can I tell you about this Netflix show I'm watching? Oh, let me tell you. I started watching this TV show. Have you seen this show? It's the best show. Okay, so that's what you do, right? You have to know which one. No, but before I tell you about this, I, drank, I had the best cup of coffee in the world at this new coffee place. It was un... Do you, are you a coffee drinker? This was the best cup of coffee I've ever had. Right? See, you got to know, right? So we do this all the time. We're always doing it. Okay, so there's this guy. He's a YouTuber. His name is Scott Anderson. Have you ever heard of him? No, no, he's a YouTuber, but get this. He's local. No, I'm serious. And he knows the Bible like you've never heard. But here's the thing about it. I know what you're saying. You're like, oh, it's a church, whatever. It's not like that. It's not like a kind of church. This place is like for real, a family. And here's the thing. When this guy speaks, you feel God. Where is it? We do this. We do this all the time with shows and restaurants and stuff. But what's the difference about the, what, the, the one with Scott Anderson in it and the one with, with like Netflix or something is that the one with Scott Anderson in it, the one with the church in it, leads to eternal life. Come on, somebody. That's what people really need. A little bit of hope. And, and so the Bible, the Bible talks about that in Acts chapter 2, when the 120 came downstairs, they added 3,000 to the church that day. 120 did 3,000. And, and so how did they do it? These 120, they were picking up stones out of the destruction of the river. But, but this is what it says, that they began to declare the wonders of God, and each person heard the wonders of God in their own language. In other words, people need to ha hear about, they need to hear hope, they need to hear encouragement, in their language. That's why it was 12 different tribes, not leaders, not Bible scholars. It was just 12 regular people picking up 12 stones because they could be authentic and genuine in how they said it, right? So, so this is what God's up to, is he wants each one of us to reach somebody because the reality is the people that you can reach, he can't reach, and the people he can talk to, you can't reach, and the people you can talk to, I can't reach. 
And so it takes all of us because of that authentic, genuine voice just to speak the wonders of God. Steve Hage tells the story about a guy peeks over the fence while Steve Hage is in, in a rundown neighborhood in L.A., tough spot, rough place. He was raised in a rough family. And Steve Hage tells this story. He's like, yeah, this guy sticks his, his face over the fence as I'm playing basketball. And he's like, Hage! And Hage goes like, what? Hage is like 16 years old. And the guy goes, if you don't clean up your life, you're going to burn in hell. And Hage goes, all right. So that's how he found salvation. That's Hage's story. That's not really the wonders of God, but that was a genuine, authentic voice for Hage to hear. And he said, see, you don't have to sound like me to lead somebody to Jesus, to pick somebody out of the, the, the river, to, to, to carry somebody to the house. You don't have to sound like me to encourage somebody. You don't have to sound like Joel Osteen, right? I like to start with something funny. <laughs> I heard about this man. You, no, you don't have to sound like Joseph Prince. The Bible said, Amen? The Bible said, for a man to be profitable, he, med- he must meditate. Amen? Amen? With his hair? If I had his hair, Lord Jesus, that would change my life. You don't have to sound like Kenneth Copeland, right? Now, faith! And you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. What is faith? What is faith? And he's like, is. <laughs> you don't have to sound like Joyce Myers. No, I'm not going to do that one. I'm not. I won't. No, I won't. I won't do that. Too far. And I love these people. I'm honoring them really be, because I listen to them every week. But, but we don't have to sound like them to carry someone. We have to sound like our authentic voice and be genuine in how you're going to accomplish this thing. You don't, I'm not going to give you how to do it because God has a different voice for each one of us and a different group of people each one of us can reach. But the assignment still exists. Can you tell the story that you lived through another life? That God can change them in the same way that he changed you. I spoke to an amazing woman this week and she told me her story. She said, I met another woman and she's this great friend. She became in my life and I knew God brought her into my life so that I could share with her about you know, faith in God. And, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. We talked about many things, but I, she said, I argued with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit was nudging her, like, you should say something. And she's like, you know, I just didn't. And I just didn't know what to say. Like, what am I going to say? Well, the blood of Jesus is going to heal you of that. You know, she's like, I just couldn't find the words to say. So I just, and then I kept looking at her life going, oh, her life's pretty good. Like, her, what does she need? She doesn't need anything. She's not tired or weary or scattered. And everything seems fine in her life. You know, then one day they're all, there's three of them together and they're having like a little bit of a play date with the kids and the one girl this girl she breaks down she's like look i haven't told you this but i'm in a messy divorce my husband's been cheating on me for six years he's abusive and she just began to pour out how alone she is and broken and she doesn't know what to do and she's at the end and she's desperate and and there it was and and my friend was just like and i didn't know how to say it and i just every that was just so in my head i was so nervous to even say anything out of my mouth But then the other girl that was with us that I invited along at the very last moment just suddenly said, do you have a good church home? And all of a sudden, the whole conversation shifted. Why? Because it was just a little bit of light. It was just enough to say there's a different way of living that can offer you some hope. And even just a simple phrase like that that anybody could say is a way of reaching down into that river and lifting up a stone. Now the conversation is like, can I show you a place? Can I meet you there? Can we get coffee afterwards? I want to take you to a door 
that God has given me keys to. And if you like, I can unlock it for you. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that. He is the door. But he did give us keys. And sometimes people, I think they say, Jesus, go get them. And then we remember back to this scripture. And Jesus is like, no, no, you get them. I'll help you. But I gave you the keys. Send forth the laborers into the harvest. Joshua chapter 4 and verse 7 says it this way. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. The stone is a memorial. The person becomes a memorial to you. A living legacy, a testimony of your life. How? Because the person that you grab and bring in, God begins to tell your story or retell your story through that life. See, the same God who did it for you can do it for others. Do you see that? And so that story of that life becomes a legacy. Just like for Joyce Kumba, my mom became a legacy of retelling the story. But just like for every stone my mom has carried, enough stones to build a skyscraper, Lord Jesus, that, that every life that's turned over to Christ begins to retell the story of the last life that was turned over to Christ. And so then I, I ask the question of you today, what does that story sound like to you? In other words, what is your story? Did God set you free? When you came in, were you broken? Do you remember the moment when he touched you? Was there somebody who took you to the threshold? Did he heal your heart? Did the Lord give you a new name? Did he rescue you from the pit? I don't know if there's somebody here today that can say he rescued me from the pit. And you can say he freed me, pastor. Oh, I was in bondage, pastor, but I've been set free. Are you in the same place you were when you met Jesus or has things changed dramatically for you? Has he ushered you into a new place in life? Did he give you a new life? Old things passed away. Behold, everything became brand new. Did he pour out his spirit into you? Did he pour out his love into you? Did he give you the name above all names, Jesus Christ? That at that name every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. You see, God wants to retell your story through another life. And your assignment, your challenge today is pray. Ask God to prepare a heart in your life and carry them. Lift them up. Give them hope. The whole world so busy pressing each other down, discouraging each other. But the, the saints of the living God, the believers, we have a different strategy. We see the weary and we give them hope. We grab their hand and we help lift them up. Can I get an amen? Let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of salvation to anyone who would put their faith in his son Jesus. And if you're ready for that kind of life, stepping into a new life and out of an old life, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Father God, forgive me of sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guess what? You just stepped into eternal life. Get involved in a good Bible-believing church. God bless you.